This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Jamie Jennings, and I'm in the post-apocalyptic Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 28th. And it's episode 2549, brought to you today by Stateline Tack. Good morning, horse people. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I am here. I'm going to do the best I can again today to get through the entire show. Thank you for all your notes saying I didn't sound too terrible on Monday. There was big news, and we had a Horse Radio Network exclusive yesterday. Ooh, please yeah. do tell me. Well, remember Breaking news. Breaking Woo-hoo. news. Robbie Roberts of the World Equestrian Center. We've had him on the show several times. He's the guy who runs the place, and uh, that's the new one that's going to be opening up here in a couple of months in Ocala. Uh, he was on the Plaidcast. It's going to be released, a special episode going to be released today. So you can look for Plaidcast on our app or any of your podcast players. And it was just him talking about what's coming up. They announced, get this, they're opening in January officially. Now, I don't know if the hotel is going to be done, but the arenas are done and the shows are going to go on. Uh, with a winter spectacular featuring, are you ready, $9 million in prize money. I'm sorry. Where? What? <laughs> what funnel? Like you know, you know, in the mood in the 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 show where the guy shoots the gun and like the oil comes out yes, of the ground. Yes. Beverly you know, Hillbillies, Black Gold, Texas Tea, <laughs> yeah. the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. What episode of the Beverly Hillbillies did Robbie Roberts stumble upon? Because like. <laughs> I feel like he sh- shot a hole in the ground and money came out. Like, it sounds amazing. Well, what, what, about a quarter that- of the trucks on the road in America are owned by him. So that tells you something. Uh, it'll be a 12-week winter hunter-jumper horse show circuit, which will run through January 6th through March the 28th. Many classes in the hundred to two to $300,000 range. Um, now, there's complicated rules. We've talked about this a little bit with him when he was on. Hits is also here. That's the big jumper shows that happen in Ocala over the summer. It's been the ones that have been here for 30 years. They are literally five miles from the World Equestrian Center. There are mileage rules for having sanctioned shows that count toward points for the USEF and stuff. And they're too close. So that means that the World Equestrian Center was not going to be approved. So he found a way around that, as we knew he would, and he partnered with the National Snaffle Bit Association. Now, that's usually a Western thing, right? It's a Western thing, yeah. Yeah. Well, he partnered with them and said, hey, guys, you're also with the USEF. If we run these shows through you, it won't be a mileage restriction. So that all the National Snaffle Bit Association did was add a ton of English jobs Jumping and hunter classes uh, under their purview, and that's how they're getting away with doing the shows. I tell you what, I'm never <laughs> showing in the Snapple Bitch shows again if they gonna have them English riders up there with them little postage stamps on the back of Paying their horses. Nine million even, dollars in prize money. I mean, not even a dang you know shank bid on them. I can't even believe that somebody would let them 
spoofy girls with them weird clothes come on into our shows. I'm going to have to tell you. Do you remember when we asked him that question and his answer was, uh, well, you know, if we, his answer was to us, the guy running this said, if we put it, throw enough money at it, people will come. And I think he's right. I think people are going to come for $9 million in prize money. I ain't bringing my horse down there. I'll tell you what. I am looking at all them girls and in them tight pants. I get to go over there and hang out and watch shows. And it's three miles from my house. So it's perfect. I love it. Yeah. It's all about you, Glenn. It is. To- it is. Today. <laughs> what is on the show today? Uh, we are going to talk to Tim Floyd, author of Baby Haynes, the true story about adoption and unconditional love. And uh, plus, we got a couple lists and... You know, it wouldn't be Wednesday without some weird news. And even Glenn submitted a weird I news did. to me. So it's going to be great. <laughs> and it was Florida, too. So there. I, it had to be, obviously. <laughs> All right. Let's do some Daily Winnie. I got some birthdays. Happy birthday to Otters Brenna Starch, Ashley Mitchell, and Elizabeth Wade. All of you, I hope you have a very happy birthday in this year of 2020. By the way, I want to say that I said it was the post-apocalyptic norm and not for any reason other than we had an ice storm. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Oh, God. Okay, we'll talk, I about, talk that. about that. It's amazing, and now it's just pouring rain. Uh, I would like to give my daily Winnie to one of our listeners uh, who, remember I told you on Monday that um, one of our auditors had adopted a horse, and I didn't even know she was an auditor, Anna, and she yeah. came over. <clears throat> yeah, Anna adopted a horse, and I somebody had just asked me a couple weeks ago, has any of your listeners ever adopted any of these horses from, from horse and hound? And I was like, no, not one of these jerks has come through and given a home to one of these thoroughbreds. Well, it turns out that, you know, that we had Anna who came through and I forgot to mention before that, actually, I took two horses at the same time home. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for the, uh, page right now. Um, I took two of the horses home, Jim and Nick. And Jim was the one that Anna adopted, really like a 15 hand <clears throat> uh, little, I don't know, he didn't look like a thoroughbred. And it was very strange. So I've got to tell you, I, this daily part of my daily, when he goes out to Mary and Mary, who came for the clinic, they said, that is not a thoroughbred. And I said, it came from horse and hound. It has to be a thoroughbred. What are you talking about? They're like, it's not a thoroughbred. We're going to DNA test it. <laughs> so they DNA tested it. And um, guess what Jim is? Uh, quarter horse. <laughs> he is a thoroughbred and delusion cross. What? His genetic markers. And I so I called the place and I was like, um, to, to, so the story with Jim was they sent him to the track. Like they got him started. They sent him to the track. They got him in training. He and then prancing they took, down out of the gate and wouldn't do anything they took, like run. <laughs> Well, they went to tattoo him and they took the papers and they looked at the papers and they looked at the horse and they're like, this is not the same horse. Cause they identified them with the whirls and everything, yeah. you know? And they were like, this is not the same horse. And, and the, the owner was like, what completely I had spent thousands, you know, getting him started and sent him to the rescue with the name of Jim. He's just Jim. Well, I called the, the, the place that did the DNA test. Uh, this is up in, in Texas, Texas A&M. 
And I said, I got a horse here that came out with the markers of, he came out with thoroughbred and delusion and then like thoroughbred, uh, quarter horse or Arab, like one of these similar genetic markers. And she's like, yeah, there's no way that that's a thoroughbred because you can't have the Andalusians completely different, like line of genetic markers. And she's like, I do believe that, uh, somebody got together with the teaser. (laughs) Did they switch horses then? Or do you think that this horse wasn't really the papered horse? It, well, he was not the papered horse, so they don't know. They 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 couldn't figure out which horse it was, <laughs> because they, it was all the time it passed, and he's a bay with a star. Yeah, like, right. Like every you other. Know what I mean, <laughs> like every other one. So I, they just screwed up somehow. Anyway, so I, Mary and Mary said we have to DNA test him, and his DNA test results came back Andalusian thoroughbred, and then. At that time, Anna is driving down to see this thoroughbred. So I call her and I'm like, hi, just thought you should know that he's actually not all thoroughbred. He's actually thoroughbred and delusion. She was like, oh, that's awesome. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, tell me. so she came. And then then the other horse that I have, Nick, his name is in the nick of time, Brendan Nellum's adopted. So he's here for training until he he gets a ride out to California. Now he's loving being double blanketed right now, sitting in a stall with the pouring down rain and freezing ice. But uh, nevertheless, he is here and he is going to our listener, Brenda. So congrats, Brenda. Yay. You know, and I know that we've recently had a couple of our listeners have adopted horses from new vocations from your show. Awesome. Yeah. So look at us finding homes for horses around the world. Use your power for good, Glenn. (laughs) Okay, so yesterday I see one of my Facebook friends, who I don't even know if she's friends with you, but she's from Oklahoma, and she posted pictures of, you know, the trees all bent over and ice everywhere and and inches of ice, and it's a nightmare, and she was without power. And then I I sent you a text. I said, hey, how you doing out there? So a little storm yesterday, huh? Oh, my gosh. I, I, you know, and again... Like everything, since I've moved to Oklahoma, when something happens, people go, this never happens. We never get this many tornadoes in the spring. We never have it this much rain. It's never this cold. And they're like, it's never an ice storm in October. That would never happen. Well, we are all about breaking records here, Glenn. And uh, yeah, so now... We had an ice storm and it's still an ice storm and everything is broken. All the trees are snapped all over the place. It's so Your sad. Your pictures you- were incredible. I mean, ice is pretty, you know, oh, except when it's at your farm breaking everything. Breaking everything. Yeah. Yes. And you know, it's really fun is when the ice is on the barn roof and your horses are in the barn and then the ice slides down the barn roof. Oh, that's fun. Um, they, they love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, it was, uh, it's pretty apocalyptic out there. It's really strange. So then you guys know I've had a a lot of house guests for the past like six, seven weeks between my mom coming and Abby's here and my dad and his wife and then my brother and then the Marys came and then we had uh, somebody else. One of Abby's friends came. And so finally, Chad and I had one night. It was just the two of us and, and Lucas. Abby's out of town. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. It's just us. Well, that was one night because now his family came over and our neighbors came over last night because they don't have any power. 
So it's now you build a damn big house. <laughs> two more people, three more children, and two more dogs. So this is fun. <laughs> it's good you build a big house. Yeah, it's I, not that big. <laughs> I actually worked. Uh, we had used to have bad ice storms when we lived in Kentucky, and I was with the Red Cross then. And, and I actually worked at a shelter. They had a shelter open for days because of the ice storm. Power was out for so long, and I'm sure they might have shelters open in Oklahoma right now. Uh, yeah. Because you have what hundreds of thousands without power. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And the trees. I mean, your pictures that you showed of Oklahoma City, just every tree on the street is over. I mean, it's crazy. And the survivor tree down at the Oklahoma City Monument lost a big branch. It was uh, They were showing that on the news. I started crying. It's really uh, tough um, around here for sure. Uh, Also, just the entire – just – it's just awful. Just all the Are they good at doing the cindering and stuff or – I don't know, Glenn. When have, when have I ever been in a nice storm in Oklahoma? <laughs> I mean, I'll have they done the what? roads? Anything? Salt? They're not going to come to my house and help me with the months of tree cleanup that I'm <laughs> going to have here. And also, I would like to say that I knew all these people were coming over last night, and I was like, hmm, I need to get some more food. So I went to Walmart, and even the Walmart was closed, Glenn. Oh, they wow. No that was bad. <laughs> it was, you know, it's about to three grocery stores and no traffic lights. So like I was having to do a four way stop, you know, the whole thing. Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> oh, awful. Well, well, if you're in Jamie's situation where winter has hit. Oh, by the way, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to rub it in, but used to rub it in. So uh, we had record temperatures yesterday in the 90s. It was 107 on my back porch yesterday. Oh, my God. Well, that sucks, too. That does suck. We're ready for cooler weather to set in. Apparently, next week, we're going to be in the 80s. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, State Line Tech, if you go there right now and you're in Jamie's situation where things are getting cold and you're going to need some blankets, and probably the ice ripped half of them. So uh, head on over there right now. If you go to the homepage, they have what's called their State Line Tack Blanket Finder. And you scroll down, go to that page and scroll down. You're going to see they have several categories, easy on blankets and hard on blankets. And you put in there what your temperatures usually are, whether you want a lightweight or a medium, and you hit shop and it just brings up the blankets that fit the criteria that you pick. I I don't know if you noticed, but in the auditor room, we had a couple of people posting, what blanket do I get? You know, it's a very confusing thing because you you never quite know what blanket to get. Do I get the hood? Do I not get the hood? All of that stuff. But they do have this finder that kind of makes it easy to go through and figure it out. I know that Rambo and Rhino also have an app that will help you do that. And of course, uh, Stateline Tech carries those blankets as well. But uh, if you need an easy way to try and figure out which blanket that your horse is going to need, definitely head on over to Stateline Tech right now. And they still have the 30% offer going at the top of the page and they have dog blankets too you know your puppies like a little little tank and little bella would would just die we have a winter blanket for our greyhound but i don't know that we've ever used it in florida so. yeah you should be fine <laughs> i think we're okay there seven uh, yesterday Glenn. <laughs> speaking of uh which i i'll give a quick report and then i i want to go to the page that you talked about um, a quick report on Pickles is doing very well. Uh, that is our new Greyhound if you miss Monday's show. And if you miss Monday's show, my voice is a uh, is a byproduct of whatever issues I'm having. And so I'm try- doing the best I can to talk. Uh, but uh, yeah, Pickles is doing great. She gets her stitches out tomorrow from getting fixed. And we'll get to see her run for the first time. And let me tell you, she's ready. 
She has yeah, got she? some pent-up energy in there in that little Greyhound body, and I can't wait oh. to see her run this weekend. It's going to be so much fun to see her go. So uh, we both go to the doctor tomorrow. Jennifer has to bring the dog to the doctor, and Henna has to bring me to the doctor because on these pain pills, I can't drive. So that's all fun stuff for tomorrow. Hopefully we get answers and I'll be able to talk again. But in the meantime, uh, you had me go to an online auction page. I did. And of course, I didn't go to this online auction page either. Let's see. What was it? Sport? What am I? I'm on the page and it's the it's uh, internethorseauctions.com or sporthorseauctions.com. Yeah. Internethorseauctions.com. This is what Wendy and I were talking about all day on. I heard um, that. I saw many people report in that they, that they, uh, they were shopping uh, because of you guys. Yes. Yes. It's weird. And so I, I was just, there's a lot of really nice horses on here and the prices are really low right now. And I think that there might be some deals. Definitely do your research. Buyer beware. This is a horse auction that is online. What could possibly go wrong? Right. So I'm looking through it with Chad, my dear, sweet angel of a husband. And um, we start looking at one or two and, and we, you know, we were like legitimately like coming across like, mm, that's not Are really you a in good. the market for one, by the way? I can't keep I don't, up. I don't have my own like personal, I have Zeus as a riding horse, but he's going through some stuff right now that we haven't diagnosed and I, I, I'm just trail riding him. <laughs> now let me basically. tell new listeners, Zeus has been going through stuff that is undiagnosed that she got him. Uh, is he- <laughs> Mentally, yes. <laughs> Mentally. Physically, I think he's got some issues in his back. And so I'm just trying yeah, to- we had a foot problem for a while too, didn't he? he was they did up. a tendon, yeah. yeah. And so he's been laid up for a year and a half from that. And I brought him back and he doesn't want to actually trot. So I don't have a horse of my own. Everything is just- I have the two yearlings, which, you know, it's going to be two more years before I can even sit on them. Uh, and then everything else is a horse in training. So I, I, I'm not against getting another horse, but I definitely am busy enough to where I don't need another horse. Uh, and then Chad and I were sitting there and we were looking, you know, just at, 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 let me, let me give up some names of horses we were looking at. Um, just, just any, like, either ride any rideable gelding, but it is hard to find a rideable gelding that at this, on this auction that aren't jumping, you know, four and a half feet and all this until I came across this horse named Ollie. He's a 2011 Bay gelding in North Carolina. And, um, I was looking at him and I'm like, Oh, he's cute. And the video is he's, you know, walk trotting and cantering. That's about it. And he's like, oh, you could get one of those from Horse and Hound. I was like, yeah, but this one's like actually about eight months ahead, you know, as far as being able to just walk, trot, can on a loose rein. And, and they, so he was like in training and he was the trainer's project horse. And then she got busy. And so he's been out in a field for a very long time. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, and so I was like, you know, his bid is like $900. I'm like, I can bid. And he has a vet report on there. He's been vet checked. And so I, I bid 900 and Chad's like, oh my God, what are you doing? It's in North Carolina. <laughs> He's the plainest brown horse I've ever seen. Just the plainest <laughs> brown horse you could possibly see. He's I older mean- though. He's nine, so. Yeah, he's nine, so he's a he's kind of a little more seasoned, I guess, you know, and he never raced, and so he didn't see all, you know, I, I have mixed emotions on that. I, I sometimes prefer that they've raced because then they've seen a lot, but he, I, I don't know his story. 
anyway, I bid on him. And Chad's like $900. Okay, that's enough. Well, apparently, at some point... Well, I'm seeing the bid is currently at $1,300. I... I I don't remember doing that, Glenn. <laughs> Were you drinking last night? It was a couple nights ago. <laughs> I believe it was Saturday night. Uh, then she was drinking. No, this is <laughs> the Tuesday night that we had all to ourselves. Maybe it was Monday night. Anyway, point is, yes, I was drinking. And yes, I am the current high bidder. And yes, I, it, the last time Chad and I had talked, it was $900. And at some point... I, I guess when I was bid, I do remember it. Uh, so I was bidding and I was like, oh, you know, thank you for your bid. You're not the high bidder. And then I just got competitive. It's like somebody put a higher reserve bid, you know, like they bid 13, 12, 50. And I was like, I got to beat that. But I didn't know what the bid was. So I just kept up at $50. And like I bid probably six times. And then they were like, you're the high bidder. And I was like, yes. <gasps> no. <laughs> What did I do? Because I got competitive. Glenn, I'll bid against you myself. You and I can never go to an auction together. We're both gamblers. It's just, it's, it's good just, we don't live in Vegas, you and I. We'd be at the blackjack table and we'd be broke and in jail. This is not a craft on eBay <laughs> that I'm competitively bidding on, Glenn. It's a horse. <laughs> Which in is going to cost Carolina. another thousand to ship. So it'll, yeah. at minimum, it'll be, it'll be 1500 to ship it. So, <laughs> um, you know, I'm talking to quietly. So, um, keep in mind, I have to, at some point, you know, you know I told Chad, I'm like, ah, oh, somebody's got the hype bid on him. And he's like, oh, you know, you didn't need that anyway. You know, this so, is I, just to make a comment on the horse. Um, it is a plain brown horse. There's nothing stunning or different about this horse. No, no, He's there's just no reason. There's zero reason that I would need this. <laughs> it's horse. not an Andalusian. It's not a, you know, Tracaner. It's uh, He's 17 hands. That's way too brown big. Brown horse. Oh, I didn't even notice he was 17 hands. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's no reason <laughs> that I would need to bid on this well, horse. Well, the girl sitting on him must be tall because she didn't look too small for him. So she must be t- my height. Kid, I've just bought Abby a horse. Fantastic. <laughs> so here's the thing. I have to break it to my husband. When's, that the, when's I, the auction end? Tonight. <laughs> oh, there'll be somebody I'll bet you at the last minute. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and so one of the I, listeners that lives in, where is this in Georgia, North Carolina? North Carolina. Yeah, anywhere in the Southeast. If you need a plain brown horse, go outbid Jamie right now, please. Uh, you know what? I, <laughs> I actually thought I got outbid, and so I thought I was looking at the bid it's in the wrong direction uh, from outbidding to like when I got the bid, and I saw the top bid, and I actually was like, oh. I was kind of disappointed when I thought I got outbid. So it told me that I actually do want the horse. You know, it, like I kind of. You're the like one I, that bid against yourself at auctions. So. I know. And I kept, I was like, I'm going to get this damn bid up there till when. I'm like, I'm going to show. All right, everybody, go to internethorseauctions.com. Go to October if you live in the and Southeast. Go look at and go look at Ollie. Go bid $13.50 on Ollie and save no, Jamie's marriage. And he's in like, the no, meantime. Here's the thing. I had to tell Chad. So I'll give you the quick story on that. So uh, last night we have our neighbors over who are out of power. We have Chad and his brother and his family. And so there's a lot of drinking that's happening, like between all the men, especially. And so I'm walking down the stairs and I was like, hey, Chad. And he's like in the kitchen, like his third scotch, you know, in the kitchen with the boy. And I was like, just want to let you know, remember that horse Ollie that I was bidding on that I, I didn't get the bid on? And he was like, yeah. And I go, I'm the current high bidder. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and somebody was like, that was genius. Three drinks. Everybody can learn from you. need to teach classes on handling those situations. You really okay, do. I just want to lean on the current high bidder. Okay, I'm going to go back up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have yeah. to get to our guest. Uh, so let's hear from Daily Dose Equine, which uh, well, my pony eats and has been doing very well on. And then we're going to come back with Tim Floyd, and we're going to talk a little bit more about racehorses, one that was uh, orphaned and uh, found a mommy. So it uh, uh, is now racing, by the way. So we're going to talk about that. In 2006, Daily Dose Equine was founded by Janet Geyer when she was searching for better feed options for her own horses and couldn't find them. Today, Daily Dose Equine's seven different feed and forage balance formulas provide all types of horses with the quality nutrients they need, but none of the fillers or additives they don't. Daily Dose is made with non-GMO ingredients. You won't find any wheat middlings or distillers grains in Daily Dose Equine formulas. Plus, Feeds are flame-roasted to improve digestibility, lower NSCs, and eliminate mold, bacteria, and other contaminants. You can learn more about Daily Dose Equine at DailyDoseEquine.com. And Daily Dose Equine feeds and forage balancers are available nationwide through Chewy.com. And we just ordered our next bag for Scooter through Chewy. And uh, Scooter is on the one that uh, helps with them not gain too much weight. And I'll tell you what, this is the first year that Jennifer hasn't yelled at me for my pony being too fat. Oh, that's amazing. And I would like to say I decreased this amount of treats. But I haven't, so I'm attributing it to daily dose. So, uh, no. Or maybe has, your wife's just not yelling at you because you I'm know sick. you're like a cancer patient. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. No, that would never stop her. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know the way it is with married couples. Jeez, where are you? Where are you living? We uh, find your weakness and we exploit it. Exactly. So let's talk to Tim Floyd, who's an author. We're getting him on the line. Hopefully, right now. He's not stuck in an ice storm. Good morning. Hi, Tim. It's uh, Glenn and Jamie from Horses in the Morning, and you're on the air. Well, thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you on. Tim, uh, you have an interesting book, but you also have had an interesting life. Uh, You really grew up in the racing business, didn't you? Your family was in racing. I did, yeah. My father's always uh, played with horses uh, as more of a hobby. You know, we're doing it at a little larger scale now, but uh, yeah, I've been around them my whole life. And where where in the country? We are in the state of Washington, uh, eastern Washington. His his farm was in more in the middle of the state, and I'm uh, close to the Idaho border in Spokane, Washington. What tracks are up there? Well, the only one left, major tracks, is Emerald Downs, which is in Auburn, Washington, and it's on the other side of the state. Um, we used to have a track in Spokane, which was the oldest track west of the Mississippi. Uh, named Playfair, and it uh, unfortunately was uh, closed down here a while back. I think you're the first race person we've ever had that said they lived in Washington. Uh, you know, I was really expecting you to say New York, Virginia, Florida, <laughs> Kentucky. So yeah. That's, that's what I was expecting. So you'd breed, I assume, as part of your operation? Yes. Yes, we do. We have two stallions that are standing here. And where did baby Haynes come into the picture? Wait, I want to know who the two stallions are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So our two stallions, um, one is a son of Giants Causeway named Pontiff, and his dam is Preach. 
who's probably the most influential dam in the history of the sport, in my opinion, because she's the grandmother of Tappet. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so we're expecting big things out of his first two crops. We've got uh, his first runners will be two-year-olds next year, and they really look the part, so we're, we're pretty excited. Cool. And Giants Causeway, you know, one of his sons is a leading freshman sire in the country right now, and not this time, and so his sons are doing very well. And our second sire, who is now 20 years old, his name is Demon Warlock. He is a son of Demon wait, Begone. Wait a minute, Demon Warlock? Wow, yeah, that's intense. That's an intense name. Well, <laughs> well, so his his sire's name is Demons Begone, who was the favorite in the '87 Kentucky Derby that Ali Sheba won. Um, and his his mother, his dam is Witchery, and so Demon Warlock was actually a really perfect name. Uh, <laughs> that they Lineage wise, yeah. yeah. But is he is yeah. is he is he his name or is he the opposite? He's exactly the opposite, and everybody wants his off-the-track horses because they are the sweetest horses you'll ever see. Oh, that's good. See? He broke our Perfect. rule. Our rule generally is horses match their names. But yep, he, yeah. he is not. He, he is. You can put a three-year-old on his back, and they'd be happy. Oh, that's, that's cool. Awesome. So you wrote this book, and the name of the book is Baby Haynes, A True Story About Adoption and Unconditional Love. Was this one of your babies? Yes, and so we had we had a mare uh, that was at a, a West Side farm that was uh, she fold out and was being bred back. And when the foal was a month old, she had a colic episode, and we lost the mare. Hmm. And it had just so happened that a friend of mine, about five minutes from my farm, had a paint mare that had just lost a foal. And so we shipped our baby across the state. It took us about five hours to get him home. And we did the grafting process. They brought her mare over and they took to each other immediately. And it was, it was pretty cool. Because that doesn't always happen, does it? They take to each other immediately. It does. No. Nope. It's about a 50-50 deal. I mean, you know, uh, I had a friend that had one that did, it did not work and they had to bottle feed it. And um, yeah, so it was great. I mean, it's always better if they learn from a horse how to be a horse. So were these two together for, for six months then? Is that what happened? Yeah. yeah it was somewhere between five and six months is typically when we wean. And uh, and then she got picked up, and she lives about five minutes from us. And now she's racing, or, or Baby Haynes is racing, right? Yeah, he ran a few times here as a two-year-old. Um, his he, he showed a ton of ability. His first start was a maiden special weight, 11-horse field. He broke 10th. He was a little sluggish out of the gate. Uh, he rushed up into the turn, had to check real badly behind a wall of horses and then re-rallied to run third in his debut. And so we knew we had a, we got a nice horse and physically he's, and I don't know if it's the paint mare milk or what, but he does not look like a two-year-old. He looks like a four-year-old older horse. He's just ginormous. And so we've only ran him a couple times as a two-year-old. His second start was the Gottstein Futurity, which is the biggest race of the year, uh, for two-year-olds at Emerald Downs. And he stretched out to a mile and a 16th. And once again, he was checked two or three times during the race. And he ran fifth in a 10-horse field with a very troubled trip. And uh, now we're giving him a break and turning him out, letting him mature and be a nice three-year-old. Well, that's great. I mean, that that is a cool story. And you, this book is a kid's book? Yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of wanted the story to be told from the mouth of the horse. 
And it's basically the the baby telling everybody what he went through and the trials and the tribulations. And, Just like you know, Black was... Beauty, Glenn. Just like Black Beauty. The horse needs to take the... Yeah, Tim hopes it sells like Black Beauty, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, I, I'm adopted myself, and so I, I, I know what it's like to, you know, feel love from somebody that didn't create you. And, and you know, he got that love from that mare uh, right away. And so it, it's, it's, it's a book that, you know, not only for, for people that love horses, because the, the photos inside are not of just of him growing up, but it's of his, of his lineage. And so you have really nice pictures of Secretariat in there and Hainesfield and, uh, you know, the family that he comes from. So, um, but for, for people that do have family with adopted children, it's a, it would be a great book for them to, to read to their kids. And it explains a lot. Now, oh, the punchline. Please tell us the official name of Baby Haynes, the race name. <laughs> yeah, so when it when it came to me, I think it was 18 letters. And, of course, the Jockey Club, you're, you're limited to 18 letters and spaces. And I don't know how it came to me, but his race name is My Utter Mama's a Paint. And Utter is spelled <laughs> U-D-D-E-R. I love and, that. Uh, yeah, and... It was kind of a tongue twister for the track announcer. I bet. Time, but, uh, <laughs> I think they got it figured out by now. But yeah, yeah, we 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 still call him Baby Haynes, but because um, that was his nickname growing up. But yeah, his racing name is My Utter Mama's a Paint. <laughs> now the, the the million dollar question is is if this horse are you so attached to him now that you've written a book about him and you feel like you know him and you raised him? Will you ever let him be sold, or is he yours for life? Well, that's a good question. Business. You know, I, I actually just hauled him home yesterday for his turnout. He'll be here for three months. And, um, you know, at this point, there, there's no intention of ever running him in a claiming race because he's shown too much ability uh, mm-hmm. with the top horses at the track. You know, we we even thought of possibly shipping him down to Del Mar on the Ship and Win program and, uh, and possibly running him. But he's just such a big two-year-old. Um, we thought that the right thing to do is to let him grow even more and mature yeah, needs, and strengthen. He needs a few more months to grow into his huge body. Yeah, he's yeah. a big boy. I guess, he's almost 15 hands. I guess yeah. money talks. If somebody offered you, you know, $10 million for him, you'd be the day two idiots met. One offered it and one said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now hopefully hopefully he'll be a forever horse for us. Hopefully he'll have a great career and um, when that comes to an end, we'll bring him home. Well, that that this story is so cool, and and we needed this story this year. <laughs> we need more of these stories this year. This yeah. book would also make yeah, a exactly. great gift for Christmas for kids and Christmas. Oh, It'd be perfect for sure. Yeah. For sure, you know we we've been lucky enough. You know, with due, due to COVID, you know, my plan was to get this book into all the tracks gift shops, oh, and of course, nobody, nobody nobody's going to the gift shops right now. Right, and so. <laughs> We've been, we've been lucky enough to have um, some national publications like the Pollock Report and the LA Times carried the story. The Seattle Times had it on the front page of their sports section. Our oh, spokesman, cool. our local. So, you know, people are finding out about it. They're starting to order it and stuff. Um, but yeah, um, it's kind of tough times to do anything with 
about anything right now. So it is good to have a feel-good story right now. It definitely is. And and uh, I'm going to put a link to it, uh, to your store at Book Baby. Uh, I'll put a link to it in our show notes. So if uh, check the show notes okay. on this uh, podcast, and you can go there and you can find it there. Also, uh, uh, My Utter Mama's a Paint has uh, a Facebook page, right? Um. We have a Facebook page, uh, Warlock Stables, which is the name of our farm. There's uh, is a Facebook page, and I believe he's on there. Um, I don't know if he has his own page. I, I know one of my partners may have started one for him. You, he, um, they he, did, and I have it right here, and it's under my utter mama's a paint, because <laughs> nobody <laughs> had me. ever taken that on Facebook before. Okay. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll put a link yeah. to that in the show notes too. He's he's a good looking horse too. And oh, yeah, Warlock good. Stables. Do you get a lot of visitors at Halloween? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. We're actually out on some acreage out here, and, and our road's a dead end road, and we don't get trick or treaters out here actually. Mm. Which is, we, so we I wonder why. And, you know, about <laughs> yeah, and then they see the, the sign Warlock. name, the name of the farm, and they run. It's like. <laughs> Well, and I've had comments on how opposite our two stallions' names are. You have Demon Warlock on one side and Pontiff on the other side, which, of course, deals with like the a church. apple tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. this has been fun. Thank you, Tim, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And good luck with the book sales. As I said, the book, you can find it on Amazon, too. It's Baby Haynes, A True Story About Adoption yeah. and Unconditional Love. Thanks, Tim. Yes, yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks right. for having me. Thanks. You bet. So many cool people in the horse world. It really is. But there is. And I love that like he took that moment to like tell the story of a baby horse from the baby's perspective. And and like what a softy. Yep. I love it. Yep. But uh what was that? Demon what? Demon Warlock. Oh. <laughs> That's a name. As a name. Um, so anyway, let's head over right now. We have lots more show coming up for you. I have some crappy lists because, you know, I've had lists build up for a month now because I haven't been doing any crappy lists. You have some weird news. Uh, but first, we have to hear from our good friend, Dr. Busby, with the Doggy Health Minute. Hi, this is Dr. Julie Busby with your Dog Health Minute. <laughs> Hi, this is Dr. Julie Busby with this week's Dog Health Minute. We're going to talk about a topic today near and dear to my heart, and that is canine traction. It may seem trivial, but it's not. I remember being so discouraged when I told a colleague of mine who's a wonderful veterinarian and whom I deeply respect that I thought confidence was so important to a dog's quality of life. And she kind of scoffed and said, I don't care about my patient's confidence, but I really think we should because if you've ever seen a dog who's lost confidence in their home or on any hard surface floor for that matter, whether they be at the vet's office or at PetSmart, and they're on a slick floor, their head's down, they're trying to dig in their nails with their claws, their whole posture of their paws and their body, their ear set, their tail set. Everything's different. They just look withered, if you would. They just look pitiful. And it's because their natural traction mechanism has failed them. Dogs outside in the wild can dig in their nails like soccer cleats into grass or into dirt, and they get instant traction. But on hard surface floors like hardwood and tile and laminate, 
hard nails can't grip hard floors. And so that's why we've developed a product called Toe Grips. You can find them on our website, toegrips.com. Toe grips are non-slip nail grips for senior and special needs dogs that give them instant traction and confidence because I think both of those things are really important, treating both the dog's mind and body in a holistic fashion. We offer a 10% discount with promo code HRN for Horses in the Morning listeners. And we also have on our website, toegrips.com, a whole host of free resources like blogs weekly on senior dog health and wellness tips, and also courses, how to trim your dog's nails, eBooks. And so I invite you to check out our website. I think as a veterinarian, veterinarian, it's really critical that we always think in terms of treating our patients and ourselves with kind of the whole mind body experience and taking into account how much both of those impact quality of life. And that's why I'm proud to offer toe grips, non-slip dog nail grips that improve a dog's traction on hard surface floors, helping them through the non-slip material, get a grip and walk and rise off of those floors and engage with their families again. Whereas before they may have been isolated to areas of the house that had better traction, like a dog bed or a throw rug, But now they can get back in the game, get back in life again, because they can walk without feeling fear. And they get back not only the ability to move around the home freely, but they also get back their confidence and get back their smile. Visit us at toegrips.com to learn more. And that's this week's Dog Health Minute. Thank you to Dr. Busby. And of course, it's a 10% discount using code HRN if you go to drbusby.com. So in my laid up days, I was surfing around different places and uh, I came across the most popular baby names in 2020. This is human baby oh, names. No. Uh, and I thought, what kind of weird names are we giving children today? And I had to bring this list. The only reason I'm bringing this list is because of one of the names on the boys list. So apparently you were a little ahead of your time because Lucas is number seven. Oh, the top names for boys in 2020. I was so I'm just I'm always I'm a trendsetter, Glenn. You are influencer. (laughs) Okay, you are. All right. So you want to hear some of the other names? Can I can I just make a guess or maybe I'll ruin your punchline? No, go ahead. Guess. Okay, I've had three horses that have been adopted be named COVID. Really? Is there any kids being named COVID? No, not yet. Oh, I'm sure God. there are, but God, that would be so mean. That'd be so mean. You're named after a deadly disease that, that caused the world to crash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. So uh, top five for boys, Lucas was number seven. Elijah's number five. I, that's a, going back to a retro name. Uh, Aiden Jackson. I think Jackson's been around a long time. Uh, Jackson was, that was the number one when Lucas was born. Was it? Yeah, Aiden and Jackson, those are all still up there, yeah. Noah is number two. Talk about retro Bible name, right? Um, And then number one shocked me, Liam. Yeah, yeah, we know, I know so many kids named Liam. Oh, really? So when did that come back? I don't know. Gosh, I, well, apparently seven years ago at least, because like all the, there's always a Liam or two in Lucas's classes. Wow. Well, let's see if he has any of these girl names in the top five. Uh, these are the top names for 2020 girls. Ava. Ava. Emma is a name that, if it wasn't for Emma Watson, I don't think would have ever come back. No. 
I do you know what uh, Emma had something to do with Jennifer uh Jennifer Aniston Emma something oh she does it in friends she named her baby Emma and after she uh, named her baby Emma and friends it took off and it's still in the top 10 because retro name so the Emma's a retro name right back long time Riley is number three now Riley's one I of those male female names right I mean yeah it can be a Riley boy Riley girl uh two is Olivia uh, okay, and I know a lot of those. Sophia is number one. I was surprised. Yep. Uh, that one kind of surprised me. I think I've said the Sophia Vergara kind of name, like that came, kind of brought Sophia back. It's always uh, has something to do with celebrities. Yes. Liam is a Hemsworth. Okay. Yes. Like, you know, I, I feel like it's always something to do with, you know, I, I don't see a lot of people naming their babies Apple, like Gwyneth and Chris yeah, did. Yeah, no. Um, but other or than basket that, or whatever that one was that uh, blanket was blanket Michael Jackson there you go baby blanket <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of blankets it's not top on the list no the top that can't be his real name the though. bottom anyway. name this year Karen nobody is going to be named Karen <gasps> forever again can I just tell you something that's so exciting to me about the whole Karen phenomenon yeah. is that my father's wife is named Karen. <laughs> And I'll be like, damn it, Karen. And it's just so funny to me. You know what, Karen? You should call for the manager. Clearly, you need some assistance. And on Friday, we're going to have a couple of the winning stories for you from Horse Nation. Jamie's going to read one for me today. We're going to put them together with sound and everything like we do every year. Of course, Halloween's coming up this weekend. I think Halloween's not going to be as big a deal in a lot of places because they've canceled trick-or-treating in a lot of places. It's just going to be weird this year. But We are trick-or-treating. I don't give a dang. <laughs> if nobody's there to even give you candy, you're, you're trick-or-treating. Uh, but th- this year, how are you getting dressed in a costume this year? Um, yeah, when you have an only child, you dress up, um, or at least we do. So um, I am going as Lucas is Thanos because he has a Thanos outfit and like this giant that giant gauntlet thing. Oh, you know, he's yeah. going to carry that around all night long. Or, no, Dad is going to carry that around all night long. True, <laughs> true. So I am again because let I me, am let, not. Let me guess least... what you're going as. Okay, Carol Baskin from Tiger King. Oh, no. Is that like the most popular? It's number seven. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. All you got to do what is else? find some cat print. Uh, what are you going right? at? Uh, I'm using the same outfit as last year because it costs like 40 bucks and I am Captain <laughs> Marvel yet again. <laughs> <laughs> you look good in that, though. You really did. And I'm pretty sure Chad will be ca- uh, Captain Marvel. Thank you. Uh, I, I don't don bodysuits too often, um, but I between that or my Katniss outfit, it had to be one of them. So we're going to stick with the Marvel theme. I have Thanos. I'm Captain Marvel. And then Chad is going to be, I don't know, Captain America. Who knows? Well, the uh, Stranger Things is still in on the list this year. The Demogorgon. I don't know if you ever saw Stranger Things, but no. the Demogorgon was this really ugly creature that had this like big flowery flower popping out of his head that he would eat you with. Uh, that's number 12. 11 from Stranger Things, the girl 11, dressed like her. Uh, Alexander Hamilton from the play. So apparently yeah, that's I popular. Can see that. Black Widow, of course. I think that's just true every year, right? Black Widow. Uh, but well, her I, movie has been pushed a- back. Oh, uh, it's devastating. I know. I was so looking forward to that. You know, between that and the SpongeBob movie, it re- really rearranged my summer. <laughs> I had big plans. <laughs> Black Widow, or I did Black Widow. Number eight on the list is Dr. Fauci. Oh, my God. <laughs> People are so funny. <laughs> 
Number seven's Carol Baskin. Well, that's kind of an easy one. You just have to find some cat print clothes, right? And then you're Carol Baskin and, and a really obnoxious wig. Um, Hi, hello, all you gorgeous cats and kittens, or <laughs> whatever she says. You know what made it. the list this year? Schitt's Creek. David Rose from Schitt's Creek. Dressed Love up it. David. Love um, it. That made the list. Catherine the Great, for some reason. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, and then... Uh, Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek. Oh, yeah. Which means you have to have very tight, striped pants and the most obnoxious clothing you could ever find in in a closet of somebody that's 85 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very fancy, though. Yes. Textiles. God, every time she comes on the screen, I just have to laugh because the next outfit is just more funny than the past one. Uh, Number two, Finn from Star Wars. Uh, so okay. Finn's outfit is popular. And that this I don't get this at all unless it's become very popular. I haven't seen it yet, though. Netflix has a show out called Emily in Paris. Yeah. So dressing up as Emily from in Paris is number one. I can, okay. I don't know. That's, you watch I've that? just seen the preview. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. But it looked too, too like squishy for me, so I'm out. Uh, it was too se- I guess it was made by the same people, Sex in the City, so... Oh, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. All right, let's talk about WinTech, and then we'll get into some weird news. Are you going to be dressing up? Where would you I go? Really, you don't do Halloween, though. No, it's not your not thing. A Halloween guy, and and uh, nobody comes here. We all ha- we have a gated community where everybody's farm has a gate. So yeah. trick or treating is yeah. not so popular in our neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, we go to a neighborhood that that's up the street because there's who am I going to? Who am I going to, you may knock on the trailer two doors down. I don't think so. <laughs> That's about it when you live in the country. Now, I Which, wonder... why, by the way, side note, do people live in trailers in the tornado belt of Oklahoma? We why? Were, we When we went down to uh, pick up the dog, we went down by the coast of the Gulf, and there are so many tr- old trailer parks right along the Gulf Coast. That's also Hurricane Central. Hurricane. Yeah. You guys, I don't. I'm not disparaging anybody for living in a trailer. I live trailer. in a, basically a double wide. It's a house, but you know. Yeah. 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 You, I mean, but it's, it's kind of converted. It's a house. It's nice. You seriously, if you live in a trailer in that, with that like path uh, that comes through Oklahoma, which there are, there are people all around me that reason, live in trailers. Tornadoes love trailer parks. They just always seem they, to be a trailer parks. It's a magnet. <laughs> it's a magnet. Yes. All right, let's talk about Wintech Saddles. Sorry. Uh, Wintech, yes. I actually have a Wintech and I use it almost every day and it's like 25 years old. Hence, they live forever. Wintech has always made riding easy and comfortable. They combine world-leading innovations in high-tech materials and lightweight, weatherproof, and easy-care saddles. It's easy to see why Wintech is the world's number one synthetic saddle brand. The comprehensive Wintech range offers not only cutting-edge designs, but new standards in fit, comfort, and performance benefits for both you and your horse. Uh, brands new to the USA, Wintech's line of specialist confirmation saddles to your... For, uh, wait, what? They do it for high withered now horses? Yes. That's awesome. It's a new range, yeah. Um, what's it called? I, I'm trying to read this commercial here. Brands new to the U.S. is Wintex line of other spe- uh, specialist confirmation saddles. That's cool. The new Wintech 2000 High Wither All Purpose Saddle is perfect for your high withered thoroughbreds. The new Wintech 2000 Wide is a grippy saddle to suit your wide horse. Bless her heart. Not the thoroughbred. Yes. <laughs> I'm having such a hard time with this quarter horse that's here. She's she's like sitting on a barrel. 
well, and there you're you like, go. Mm, there you go. I need one of those. And the new WinTech Pro Wide Dressage is a grippy dressage saddle that suits the wide dressage horses. Mm-hmm. We all know some of those. WinTech is the official saddle sponsor of the United States Pony Club and American Riding Instructors Association. Every riding instructor in the world must have a, a barn full of Wintechs because they, they're grippy. Well, you know, they, the and you can change the gullet. They fit all the horses. It's just so easy to use them on multiple horses. Visit uh, WintechSaddles.us to see the complete line of saddles or visit the nearest Wintech dealer. Again, WintechSaddles.us. And uh, it's all Jennifer rides. And I, I got to tell she's ridden in in years. And in Florida, it's great because they don't mold. When you leave them outside. Yeah. So, uh, all leather products in Florida have to come in the house. Yeah. yeah. In Georgia, mine would mold too. Yeah. You just have to. I mean, so for, for us, it's, it's absolutely perfect. She loves her Windex. She's ha- had them for years. All right. I think it's time, isn't it? It is. Uh, I think we should start with the one that you sent me, Glenn. And, um, it's we're going to head to Florida for the first weird news. Remember, these are these are actual news stories that I found. And um, some of them are shared by y'all. I you, actually not going to lie. Y'all did not do a very good job sending me weird news. The only person who sent me weird news, Glenn, <laughs> proud of you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank and you. it's because I had a lot of Florida. time sitting on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we should got uh, more. Um, we're, we're in Florida. And it's Haynes City, Florida. And um, there was a uh, a man that had a house with a lot of Joe Biden signs. Adam Burgess, a local homeowner, said, uh, he said, this man came onto my property and took the Joe Biden signs that I had in my yard. Well, that man is 26-year-old James Blight. And he was charged in the end with grand theft auto and trespassing. Because James did not feel like stealing the Joe Biden signs was enough. What he did is then went and stole a bulldozer and came back to Adam Burgess's house and bulldozed his entire fence around his property and removed also bulldozed the remaining Joe Biden signs. Thank you for sending me that, Glenn. And there's photos of the house with the bent down fo- bent down uh, fence, and it looks like they have put more Joe Biden signs in the yard. Do you think alcohol was involved? How can you get so drunk that you're like, you know what? <laughs> you know, be stealing them signs wasn't enough. I got to get me a bulldozer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find me a bulldozer. I'm gonna steal it and I'm gonna drive it to that property. I'm gonna run over his fence just because. I, I, I just think there's more to this story. They have a background, those two. I think they have to have a background. There's got to be more. Oh no, it's Florida. There really doesn't it's have to Florida. be more. No. Literally, there has to be nothing, nothing. else. <laughs> nothing. Hey, police alleged. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Ready? Yeah, he 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 went to a nearby construction site, stole a bulldozer, and then went back to his house. So it doesn't make <laughs> like how at some point when you sober up enough to be like, hmm, like he was sober enough to find the guy's house again. He was sober enough I mean, to drive the bulldozer. I wouldn't know how to drive a bulldozer. 
<laughs> apparently, um, somebody instead of instead of waiting for police to arrive, the dude who owns the house hopped in his car and followed the man as he rode the bulldozer off the yard back into the street. And then he stopped traffic. The bulldozer guy just stopped traffic and started cussing everybody out. <laughs> it makes no sense. I mean, it just kept getting. Uh, by the way, he was arrested and he was drunk during the incident. Dan, and Jack remember. Daniels is cheap, isn't it? It's really cheap. It's sure, it can be. <laughs> if you buy alcohol in a plastic bottle, it's cheap. <laughs> going to go from Florida to China. It is a weird story, but it is a nice story. And um, this sweet family had their dog on a road trip and went to a service station and the whole family got out and went into the service station, came back and they, they just, they didn't ever let the dog out. And so they got in their house, their car and they drove home. And then I guess they have like a, it's a station wagon type thing. And they got home and Doodoo, which is the name of the dog, Doodoo, uh, was, was not there, was not in the car. And they're like, oh my God, Doodoo is not home. Mr. Q uh, was traveling with the dog from Hangzhou to Ville. I need Andrew up here to translate all these China- Chinese words. My brother <laughs> is here. He speaks Mandarin. Uh, so, Dudu was in Hangzhou with Mr. Q to visit relatives and they stopped at the Tung Lu service station to look after their child. They believed that the dog was in the car the whole time, but when they arrived home several hours later, Dudu was gone, not in the car. And so they're like freaking out, but they at 40 miles. So they drove there the next day. They drove back to the service station, frantically looking for their dog. They can't find it. The dog is gone. They hoped that they put up signs. They hoped that somebody would survive. You know, he would survive and, and find a good hearted person to adopt him. Well, months later, a gaunt, stray, dirty dog turned up on their doorstep. Apparently, Dudu had returned, but was completely unrecognizable. He's one of those like long haired, kind of shaggy looking dogs. Uh, yeah, he's a one big mat. And um, he walked 37 miles to get home to his family. And that's sweet. That's sweet. That is a good story. Good for you. you found I just a good wanted one. a good one. And it wasn't Florida. Yes. We had to go all the way to China to find one. But, you know, oh, I well. know. Good stories <laughs> happen in China. Give me another one. I'm trying it. Why isn't it working? Hello. All right, we're going to head to North Carolina because the sad stories about people digging up things and kicking down things. This was uh, there was a pumpkin patch that was going on at an elementary school in North Carolina. Okay, they had a fall harvest display that was donated oh, by a pumpkin patch, and then a week later, vandalism, an act of vandalism. And they destroyed all of the pumpkins and tore down all of the displays. And, you know, the kids get back to school and they're like sad. They're so sad that some vandals came into their elementary school, Glenn, and destroyed all their hard work. So they're like, damn it, we're going to figure out who did it. And so they get the security cameras and they're like, who are these punk kids who are messing with our fall festival display. Then they saw that there was 11 perpetrators, Glenn. 
11 cows. Cows. <laughs> got loose. I was thinking wolves. I thought you were coming back with something more exotic. <laughs> Cattle. Glenn, it's North Carolina. Cattle. <laughs> Henderson County Public Schools, Public Information, all of uh, uh, it, <laughs> Public Information Officer Molly McGowan told Blue Ridge now that they're looking for those vandals. They called them um, hooved hoodlums. <laughs> they're looking for those hooved hoodlums, Glenn. So if you have any information, leading to the arrest of the 11 cows that destroyed the fall festival display at the Edneyville Elementary School. Please let us know. One more. Uh, we're going to keep this one short. Um, hold on. I got to find it again because it disappeared because I found this one. And it's not fun if it's not, we don't have, you know, if you're going to make fun of Oklahoma, of Arizona, Florida, I have to make fun of Oklahoma. It's only fair. And and this was sent out on my local Oklahoma app as a notification, like an emergency notification. This is the news that Oklahoma felt like sending a push notification about. Edmund Walmart is closed. The Edmund Walmart is closed. I'm going to read this story word for word. Edmund Walmart closed due to live skunk inside store. An Edmund Walmart is closed due to a live skunk stuck inside the store, according to an employee. The skunk is stuck inside the location at East 15th and Interstate 35. And it all in bold print. This is a developing story. <laughs> Because it's never been closed in the history of Oklahoma. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what are people going to do besides between this and the Walmart's closed yesterday? Uh, be, there's going to be people in Oklahoma falling down without having a Walmart. <laughs> well, there your... was never, by the way, another push notification about the Walmart reopening anything. <laughs> no follow up. It was just this is a developing story. What's your grocery store chain out there? The, the main one. What do you have um, out there? The main one is, I think, with Super Walmarts and Super, you know, there's a yeah. Target in Norman. Um, Homeland. Homeland. Okay. And, like ours is Publix down here. Yeah, there's yeah. no Publix. There's Kroger, no Kroger. It was Kroger right when we lived in Kentucky. Yeah. I think Homeland and Kroger are related because it looks like the same, you know, on the outside. Mm. And, um, but I, I mean, I go to Sprouts or I drive. I drive up to Oklahoma City to go to Costco and Trader Joe's. <laughs> but like, I, you know, you got to go. You got to go. Uh, Walmart is where you go if you need to run in and get something. Yeah, it is. And they have everything you're going to need. It's there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and you're going to need to go to Costco with all those people in your house. You're going to have to feed them. Oh, <laughs> I have one story before we wrap up the show today. And we'll say, hang around and chat with the auditors for a little bit, too. Well, a pair of animal control officers in New Jersey were called out in Montclair Township after multiple calls came in to 911 about a deer who got his head stuck inside a de 
decorative plastic plastic pumpkin. Say that fast. So yes, <laughs> the deer decided to check out the plastic plastic pumpkin and got its head stuck and was running around town banging into things. So, Are you stealing my segment? Is that what I'm getting here? <laughs> so they called the animal control people who had to catch the deer with a very large net. Now I've seen butterfly nets. What size net do you need for a deer? And is it on a big stick with a loop? Is that called a net anymore? Would that be considered an animal trap? It said it was captured with a very large net. I guess it was. So the pumpkin, I'm happy to report, was safely removed from the deer, and he was able to tear away out of the net, and he's free again. So that was the excitement, all kinds of Halloween excitement across the country happening. Fantastic. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for bearing with my voice. Uh, and, and also, thank you to all of our sponsors. We appreciate them today. What did you learn? Um, well, I just clicked on the most popular Halloween costumes for kids. And I I guess I'm a little behind. It's Than- I, I don't see Thanos on the list. I think Thanos was last year or the year before. He's out now. Well, Harley Quinn, and then we've got Miles Morales, which Lucas wears those pajamas every night to bed. We've got Elsa. Is that really the most popular, t- turning your baby into a little avocado? That- what? <laughs> yeah. Look at this stupid list you found. And then you've got Hermione and Boba for the Mandalorian, Wonder Woman, a Tiger, Super Mario. Um, Captain Marvel. See, that's the outfit I have. I can see you turning your baby into baby Yoda. I imagine there's a lot of baby Yodas this year. Is there? They don't even. That's not even on the list, Glenn. They're cut. By the way, that series is coming out. I think in this week. Uh, second series. A new Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. I think it's coming out this week or next. Well, I guess I better watch the first one. For everybody Uh, who's been listening the whole show, I just checked on Ollie, and you have not been outbid yet. So. I'm still the current high bidder. You're still at $1,300. Yep. $1,300. It has your name right here, Jamie Jennings Talk Show. No, it does not. It does not. (laughs) No, it doesn't. I have a bidder number. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Take care. All right. Bainer Geld. (laughs) We can find a closing music would help. Hey, auditors. Uh, Boy, there was a lot of action in the auditor room yesterday. A lot of people talking about a lot of different stuff in there. I couldn't keep up. I didn't even get on I couldn't keep up. But I have something funny for the auditors. So your husband's a pilot. And I want to know if they actually do this for the airline he works for. Okay. Uh, So the UPS pilots, there's like a million UPS planes out there. Um, They have to fill out what's called a gripe sheet after they get done with their flight. And it tells the mechanics about the problems that the aircraft has. And the mechanics correct the problems and they have to document on that form what they did. And then the pilot reviews it on the next flight. Do they do that? Do they have to do a gripe sheet? American I Airlines. have or no idea. they not maintain the planes at all? I don't know. Well, but, I, I do know that, that that when Chad had an F-16, he had to fill out a form about anything. Um, that was. I'm sure they do with that. With that I thing. can just ask yeah. him. Yeah, but this is some of the ones that uh, were filled out. These are real. This is from UPS. So th- I'll give you what the pilot said and then what the service technician wrote in reply. Uh, pilot said, left inside main tire almost needs a replacement. And the service technician said, 
almost replaced left inside main tire. Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> Pilot. Uh, let me, you say it, I get to guess uh, what the reply Okay, was. all right. Test flight okay, except auto land very rough. The auto land was very rough. Oh, <laughs> land better. Close. The answer was auto land is not installed on this aircraft. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> all right. So the pilot said, this is fun, something loose in the cockpit. Tighten up. Tightened up something in the cockpit. That's right. Something tightened in the cockpit. That's exactly, you're catching on. Uh, pilot said, dead bugs on the windshield. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, aside from wiped off dead bugs. Uh, the service Don't. reply was live bugs on back order. Oh, I could never <laughs> have gotten that one. No, that was a tough one. All right. Uh, so the next one, evidence of leak on right main landing gear. Evidence of leak on right main landing gear. Right main landing gear leak free. Reply was evidence removed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, see where we're going with these now. I think more snarky. Uh, this is their, I think their radio talk thing. It's called a DME. DME volume unbelievably loud. Turned down volume. You're close. DME volume set to more believable level. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the best. You're going to have to show them this list then. Uh, friction locks cause throttle levers to stick. Friction locks cause throttle levers to stick. And we know what that is because we flew that plane and we had the throttles and you were at full throttle the whole damn time. <laughs> so what could be a, Chad, what could be a, come here, what could be a reply? This is a list of things that pilots wrote after the UPS flight. And then there's a list of the, the answers that the people, the the maintainers the wrote. people, yeah. This, the, yeah. So the, 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 the well, say it again. Okay. Friction locks cause throttle levers to stick. Friction locks cause throttle levers to stick. What could they do about that? I mean, like, am I, I telling you what the mechanic's going to tell yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. What the, What is the mechanic going to say? Don't use the friction lock. Don't use the friction lock. <laughs> Actually, uh, the, the service uh, person said that's what friction locks are for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chad, I got another one for you. Can you hear me? Uh Hold on, here, I'll give him headphones. You All just right. talk to Chad. All Nobody right, wants Chad, to... I got a couple more of these. They're kind of fun for you. All right, so the pilot wrote on the, uh, they call it a gripe sheet, and apparently then they get a reply, right? Do you do that after flights? Do you have a gripe sheet that you write on? Say it was wrong oh, with yeah. the plane? Yeah. A absolutely, yeah. All right, All right. Uh, pilot wrote suspected crack in windshield. Yeah, no, it's not fair that I've seen all these before. But, oh, have uh, yeah, you? But, ah. <laughs> no, they, these have made the rounds. They're they're pretty funny though. It's, <laughs> the the I mean, yeah. So the write ups are pretty. Like if if you write that, you deserve you deserve the response the mechanic gives. I yeah, think. which was suspect you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really, there's like there's a crack in the windshield, but I suspect there's a crack in the windshield. <laughs> Do they really do you get snarky replies? Do you get the report after, or you're flying so many different planes you don't get the report about the same plane? Oh yeah, yeah. No, you you'll rarely see the uh, uh, the mechanics, uh, which again is a justified response. Now you don't you don't always get to see what he writes back, so they have yeah. fun with it sometimes. Yeah, uh, which what, is totally fair. Totally yeah, fair. I like the one where the pilot said aircraft handles funny. 
And the reply was, aircraft warned to straighten up, fly right, and be serious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about that. What, what are you going to do as a mechanic with someone? I mean, that's yeah. like the worst possible. <laughs> my, car, my car doesn't drive right. Okay. So if you're flying for UPS, is that like a coveted job because you don't have to put up with all the crappy people in the back? Or is that the job that pilots don't want? I mean... Are you a people person or do you prefer to move boxes? And I'd say most people like boxes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not yeah, no, a bad a, job to be flying oh, for it's UPS? A, no, it's a great job. It's a great job. Guys, it, it's tough because you may have to fly, you know, in, in the evening time frame or like, you know, through the morning. It's kind of an overnight thing. It's kind of a rough schedule. But no, it's a great job. Really, it's a really good job. Yeah, it's just the pilots, right? There's nobody else on the plane. No, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just you know. Two, two or three peeps up front and uh, and a bunch of boxes. It's not not a bad gig. You don't have to kick people off or not wearing masks or get into fights or anything. Yeah, there's there's no vaping in the you know in the loo. <laughs> there's there's no marijuana gummies you know on on seats and yeah no it's it's uh <laughs> it's easy living. It's not bad. <laughs> I got another one here for you. The pilot said mouse in cockpit. Have you ever had a mouse in the plane? By the way, does uh, that happen? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, what's the mechanic? I don't know what the response was for that one, though. What did, what did he come up with? The response was cat installed. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, you get some interesting things in there sometimes. <laughs> Have you ever had a, an animal get loose on the plane while in flight? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it was actually, uh, I was crossing the ocean one time. This is like in a little single seat uh, plane, and they had. Uh, there was a there was a wasp in there one time, so that was kind of a pain in the butt. For oh, a while, I know what but... it's like in a car with a wasp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no window option. You're yeah, just, uh, you can't open the yeah. window. <laughs> you're you're oh you're just like oh, this. I hope he doesn't get inside my helmet or something. You know, but uh, <laughs> I, I had heard about a guy. Uh, this is a real story. This is in a in a fighter in Guam, uh, and we had uh, and we were warned of this too because we were taking some planes across the ocean there too, and uh, uh, we kept our planes in Guam for uh, a couple of days. And they told us to check for these things before we took off. And when you when you heard this story, you're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to do a pretty thorough check in the cockpit now because this is that's a horrible story. And uh, so we were good and we got out of there. But uh, the story was uh, a guy uh, closed the closed the canopy, took off. They're firing away twenty oh, thirty thousand feet. Don't tell me a and snake. He, and he feels something circling up his leg. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> there was a, and, we're, and these are like legit snakes, right? This is like some six, eight foot, you know, size of your arm type snake oh, that was crawling. At the, what the hell like, do you do, eject? <laughs> I, I, I mean, t tempted to, I, I don't know. <laughs> you, well, you know, you take your time, you you assess if it's poisonous or not, and you know, then oh yeah, out. like you're thinking yeah. straight as it's crawling would, up your leg and you're flying at forty thousand feet at Mach two. Like I see, I see something like that in a in an open thirty foot shed, and I freak out. I can't imagine. <laughs> oh I, I can't imagine sitting in. There I would have ejected. Hell oh with your million God. dollar plane. I'm out. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know if anybody would would like you know say anything otherwise. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, that's justified. I hear you. Have you ever watched Snakes on a Plane? The movie? I could never watch it. I couldn't do it. Ooh, tempted. No, I still have managed to miss that one. Yeah, but, uh, I couldn't watch it. I seems know. like some. Uh, the the title is enough. That that was good for me. I'm like, ah, oh, it's a good title. I like Do it. Do dogs but, and ever get loose in the like the cargo area? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I think they're. Uh, I, who knows? I'm sure. I'm sure there's. We can look it up. There's probably one. But uh, no, they're locked up pretty good down there. Are you still enjoying flying uh, commercial? Uh, I yeah, totally different gig, right? It's kind of yeah. like a like a 
if, if a, it's a glamorous uh, bus driver. I don't know. It's, well, it's you guys right. are better off now than you were 20 years ago because they lock you in. You don't have to deal with the people for, unless it's really bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Other yeah. than other than the, the coordination to, to use the restroom, uh, it's great. Yeah. You're locked in there. So I would you suck just, at being a pilot because I got to pee every hour. I would just suck at being a pilot. Yeah. You know what sucks is part of the new uniform is carrying a cup of coffee with you pretty much 20 hours a day, right? So I, I always have a coffee in my hand now, uh, which doesn't always bode well when you can't open the door. You're right. So it's, it's tough. It's <laughs> really tough. Do they These get, are first do, world problems. Do the, uh, do the flight attendants get sick of the pilots who have to go every 10 minutes? They get sick. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's, I don't know, like the, the, older, the old school flight attendants that have been around for, you know, 20, 30 years. They, oh, they love it. They're like, they, they, miss, they miss being able to jump, you know, back and forth up in the cockpit and, so one of them uh, actually goes up and the pilot comes back? I think. Yeah, 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 there's some rules about you have to keep like two people up in the cockpit at all times. So, yeah, so so we'll kind of swap out and you've got somebody up there to keep the company for a little bit and the uh but yeah, the uh, you definitely get some like uh there's some that don't want to have to get up and they let you know about it, but uh hey, you know, it's all about just got just got to be a charmer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Beg to go to the bathroom. It's great. <laughs> Either that or let a snake loose. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when those are those write-ups are hilarious, though. It's cool you found those. <laughs> hey, I saw the pictures from yesterday, and having gone through many ice storms on a farm, I don't envy your cleanup process. Holy cow! Yeah, I did. Oh, so she, uh, Jamie, shared some of those. Oh my god! I mean, I, I think she. I think I heard her mention. It just sounds like a a war zone out here. We've got a we've got a pretty thickly densely wooded property right next to us as well and it just it was like about every crack, minute or two it just and they make just, loud noise when they crack from ice it's like a gunshot yeah. yeah because these are these are thick you know we're losing like six eight inch branches every two minutes you know it's just it's crazy so this get a, is gonna get a it, new chain for your chainsaw you're gonna need it yeah looks like a i don't know looks like a tornado went through here it's crazy but uh, a lot of firewood coming up and uh, I, a little mud, I would imagine. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. Well, we got our we got our uh, moisture, so that's good. We needed apparently we needed some rain, but uh, not like this. So, uh, you guys uh, getting through your ice storm too? Everything okay? Yeah, we had uh, record highs yesterday in the nineties. My back porch was one hundred and seven. Oh man, <laughs> the, cl- the cleanup for that's going to be unbelievable Awful. too. It's terrible. Yeah. Actually, we are ready for some cooler weather. That's enough of this. <laughs> we're, we're, it's, oh, been, it's been hot uh, straight through. It's just been awful. I bet so. I like where I like where you live. I, every time we fly over that little that little spot, I'm like, yep. I think you did good, Glenn. You did good. <laughs> well, thanks, Chad. Appreciate it. Tell Jamie we're uh, we're just gonna say goodbye. Okay, I, she's she's smiling. Well, uh, uh, spay neuter and all that stuff. You got all right. it. All right, we'll see you, everybody. <laughs> Bye.